Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yodis B, listen to the sportive. Uh, Yodets John. Hey, what's going on? Yodets Stu. Hey guys, how's it going? We are recording live from beautiful Maynards and Rogers. I'm sure they're very pleased to have us. No looks yet. Uh, you guys want to jump into this right away? Yeah, let's go. Cool. Well, you could describe Maynards a little bit. We're sitting in the bar. Oh, we're in the bar. Yeah. There's a million Sundown, TVs. It end looks of nice June. Here. It's yeah. poker night. It is poker night. There will be some loud noises behind us yeah. at some point. We'll see if this is one of those where you can't actually hear us, but instead you can hear literally well, everything that goes on in the, the bar. The, the curse of the Floyd Inn is not in effect. Yeah, it's that's not, true. It's not here. It's just the three of us here. That's a callback. Yep. I want to talk about hoops first. Sure. Feel, oh, I should say that uh, Clarence is still in the midst of his summer sabbatical, so he's not going to be here this evening. I would not be surprised if Clarence is not here at all this summer. Whole, and I don't know why I just summer. said that, because I just cut our listenership basically in half yep. for the rest of the summer. He'll but, be here next week. Yep. He'll Make definitely sure be in. here. He might in be fact, here later today. Stay, <laughs> you never know. stay tuned yeah. in. Don't delete don't, this podcast yeah, don't delete, from your phone yet. <laughs> God, if he can make that trip from where he is right now. <laughs> Oh my God, he would, be, he would be coming in hot. Clarence is in Zimbabwe. Yeah, no, that's Zimbroda. Zimbroda, Zimbabwe. Same thing, right? Exactly. All right, fair enough. So I do miss him very much, but I we do, do feel too. a weight off my shoulders when I mention the word basketball. <laughs> and you're not about to get yelled. <laughs> I'm not going to get yelled. Not going to get trolled for 20 solid minutes on social media. Exactly. <laughs> so that part does feel great. It's the one tiny okay. little silver lining about this. So we need to talk about the draft because it happened uh, after we last recorded. Yes. And it was controversial maybe the I don't, I don't think it was controversial but it was interesting because it kind of sets up a couple of different plot lines for the next two to five years for the timberwolves as far as who's going to be running the offense yes yes it does so i i think in the last one or the one before when we when i did my official scouting report for the draft which uh, i spent a lot of time on the last person i wanted was chris dunn and because I love... Not necessarily because he's not a good player. Exactly. Because I love Rick Rubio. Mm-hmm. I love him more than anything. But once... Uh, and I was all in on Dragonbender. Mm-hmm. I still have no idea how to pronounce his name. Dragonbender. Sure Dragonbender. Good. Um, and when he got taken at four, all of a sudden it was either Dunn, Heald, or Murray seemed like the three most likely next picks. 
And if you have any faith in Levine and Wiggins as being wings, you didn't need Heald or Murray as much as you might need other positions. True. So you, either one of those guys would be in the bench for the most part. So it done. So at that point, it became less of a huge issue for me with Bender gone. And I think the best case, uh, one potential scenario here that could work out is that Dunn plays and he's really good mm-hmm. and then we've got a really good problem on our hands of yeah. two really good point guards. Now Brett Robson uh, mentioned today that he thinks the real storyline that people are missing with the whole Rubio Dunn thing is that Dunn is actually more of a threat to Levine because Dunn can play good defense which Levine has not shown he can do. Would you agree with that assessment by Brett who knows more than all three of us combined? Well now you made me have to say I have to agree with that right? Yeah. yeah. If you say Brett Robson said <laughs> yeah. you're going to say yeah. well yeah that's a good point. I do. I, I mean, yes, I'm sure he's going to be better defensively than Levine very quickly. Yeah. It takes rookies usually a couple years to figure it out. But I don't know if that necessarily means that, that, that Rubio and Dunn will ever play together. I, mm-hmm. Unless one of them really figures out how to shoot, it do, doesn't seem like a very likely scenario. For me... Wait, Dunn can't shoot either? He's fine. I mean, he's he was maybe average as a college player but he's 22 and he was right. in college so typically they say you know that you know obviously courts the same size but their shooting just goes down like that's just how it works so you're the the thinking at this point is no he's not going to be a great shooter but he's going to provide value because he knows the game and he's should be very good defensively very quickly and he can't possibly be more overmatched than tyus jones was last year yes, there's exactly. no there's zero chance of that he literally can't be worse we than think this will probably not go to the d league no is what we're saying <laughs> oh god can you luckily imagine? dunn is like six years older than jones so <laughs> yes uh, yeah so i think the reason i didn't want it is for political purposes i didn't want to have to argue about rubio all the time which we're gonna have to do now probably because we're in the media. Well, the yep. problem is... We are the media. That's what we have to talk about what people are talking old, about. Old Woj, Waj, Adrian Wojnarski of yeah. Yahoo Sports yeah. said the Wolves are actively shopping Rubio. Yes. And that his time in Minnesota is coming to and an he's end. he's rarely wrong, so yep. we know that. So that's not a very good sign. The uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, you'd think Occam's Razor is um brian dozier just golfed one into the bullpen second homer of the game Occam's wow. ra- we'll get to the twins in a little bit for yeah. sure for um, like two minutes yeah um occam's razor is they you draft a guy you play him then you see what happens after that and especially point guards they need a year i think a backup point guard was a huge need for the wolves mm-hmm. we have one this is great news so, so I'm trying saying, not to overthink it over the, beyond that. So what you're hoping at this point is that they try Dunn and you see if you might love him just as much as Rubio. Yes. I, I just want them to go get through this. I would pay money if there was some sort of GoFundMe to guarantee that Rubio and Dunn would both be on this team for a year. I would throw some dollars at it just because... They can't be crazy enough to throw the keys to Chris Dunn. No, they can't. Not Thibodeau. Not, I mean, no. he's here to win. He is here to fucking win. They can't win. be that crazy. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, they've, I, they, they finished the year really, really well last year. Yep. And I think they probably have aspirations of like a seven or eight seed this year. Totally. And, and Thibodeau it'd has... It'd be insane to throw a rookie point guard into that. It's just... Thibodeau it's, knows better than we do how bad rookie point guards are. Even yeah. the good ones are bad when they first get there. It's yeah. such a complicated position. Yep. So I don't... I would just be floored if they traded Rubio this year. Um, 
Honestly, Brandon, at this point, I'm mostly worried about you about me? and yeah. your feelings. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Because I, te- I texted you during the draft. I was, at a, I was at a baseball game, and I texted Brandon, and mistakenly, I wrote the text such that if you just glanced at the first line at the start of the text as the notification comes up on your phone, you might have thought that Rubio had been traded. Yeah. And the text I got back from Brandon was something like, you jerk, I thought they traded him. If they do trade him, I'm going to burn the city down. You so, texted me, I can't believe that Rubio trade is going to happen soon. So I was I like, I can't believe that Rubio trade. What the fuck? Yeah. Immediately. That was super. Just I apologize. Poor for that. phrasing. Really poor phrasing. I was, I was at a nine-hour baseball game. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later, too. Um, so I think my, I would have been very happy with Buddy Heald just because I love shooters. Yeah, I, Buddy Heald sort of had already developed folk hero status in Minnesota. Yeah. And yep. I'm not sure exactly why, because everybody just saw him play in the tournament. It was like, yep, him, that guy. He was very good. Very, very good all season long. And for all the talk about how old he is, he and Dunn are the same age. So they're both old. <laughs> That's so true. we're not getting any younger by, by choosing Dunn over Heald. But I think my point of view, and I maybe, um, I, I think I might be more, this might not be the common point of view, but I think Wiggins is better as a two. And I think Levine is better as the second two off the bench. Right. So if you think of it in the way that I think about it, Heald and Murray were both going to be our third shooting guard. That's true. And we needed a second point guard before we needed a third shooting guard. Was Heald big enough that he could have possibly played small forward? No, he's not. He's, he's a not. Few, the only way you'd ever do it is have, uh, have Wiggins play small forward. Right. Which works offensively, of course, but defensively, you never want to play up a position. Every single player in the league since the beginning of time is... You know, if you can play two positions, like, let me play the lower number. Yeah. Even LeBron, who's famously competitive, can guard centers and power forward. He's like, no, dude, I don't, you know, <laughs> you don't, just playing basketball, everybody inherently knows that. Like, I don't want to bang down low if I don't have to. It's annoying. Right. I want to be hurts. out on the perimeter. It hurts a lot. Yeah, it just, it sucks. It's, it's not like fun. if you're going into seventh grade football and you're playing football with helmets on for the first time, yep. and the coach comes to you and says, what position do you want to play? No one, except for the stupid people like myself, say, I want to play the offensive line. <laughs> the farm kids guard, say, oh, <laughs> Everybody says they want to play tight end or they want to play quarterback. They're fishing their hands on the They want to play running back. <laughs> it's like, I'll just I'll play the line. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. My lifespan so, is 34. It doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sorry. I would have been happy with Heald. I would have been unhappy with Chris or Murray or a few other guys. I'm just, I'm okay with Dunn purely because it's early and we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. And I know a lot of people have been freaking out about Barrero had, or sorry, Barrero was mentioning that people were freaking out that Thibodeau has had many opportunities to praise Rubio. They've asked him point blank about Rubio and he'll say, oh, we need, you know, I just want guys who want to win. He's had so many chances to be like, no, Rubio's my guy. He hasn't said it, and he is not going to say that. And people think that's an indictment on Rubio. Like, well, it's okay to not think that Rubio is the savior. We all know right. that he's not. We know his limitations. Everyone knows his limitations. Yeah. Everyone knows his limitations. If Thibodeau did say that, I'd have been like, really, dude? Are you being for real? Because he's 
good, but he's not amazing. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I think he's saying all the right things. And no I one is saying fine. he's Chris Paul. No like, one is saying he's Chris Paul. Exactly. If he'd been too positive, we would have been like, Thibodeau's trying to trade him. Yeah. Old yeah. Thibs is Fuck trying to get guy. rid of him. Yeah. He's trying to talk him up, and he's trying to get rid of him. Yeah. We're just very scared when it comes to Ricky Rubio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, I know. on this podcast, and it's, we want him protected. But what's interesting to me is I think I, and, and maybe as guilty of this as anybody, is I've always defended Rubio as being a perfect player for this team because he is underrated. You you need to hold on to guys like that that aren't going to get the value. Mm-hmm. But when I think back on it, there was this potential rumored trade last year with the Bucks and Chris Middleton. Is that his name? Chris Middle? Let's go with yes. it. Yes. You're asking me about names? You no, know, I just was asking. Just asking. In general. And Stu was here. Um which was actually pretty fair value. So maybe he is being more valued around the league where I'm not as concerned anymore if they do end up trading him that we're going to get, you know, Randy Foy back or whatever. Well, the other thing, I did, I did not know that next year is the big year for the salary cap increase. Next year. That's starting right now. I'm good. Um, that... It's going up $22 million or something like that. Yeah, everyone has money now. I forget, Everyone. I forget the exact number from Mike Rand's blog post today, but it's something like it was 74 and now it's 96. It's. I don't know if it's for sure set in stone yet, All right. but it will be soon, and it's going to be astronomical. And the three of us as regular human beings with brains that function are going to be hearing a lot of Twitter egg Yep. Complaints about this motherfucker got how much money? This piece of shit got whatever. Like, mm-hmm. just wait for Twitter egg to blow up because the money is going to be so stupid. Like, yep. Harrison Barnes, you watched Harrison Barnes play in the finals. He was fucking worthless and benched. No good at it's all. It's going to be like an $18 million a, yep. a year guy. He's going to be making Mike Trout money mm-hmm. or whatever. Not, maybe not him, but you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, like the salary cap is like a baseball payroll now except you have to pay nine guys yes. instead of 22 guys exactly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so that's gonna be crazy yep. when, it'll be nonsense and i can't wait yeah. i cannot wait but i think from my point of view um before the draft started to me there were three needs uh, a backup center a starting small forward who can wait play a backup really- to backup who a Greg backup Doritos? center to play to behind Greg Doritos? Towns. Jang is our power forward. All right. And then B. Jelly's behind him. I think we're okay in power forward. All right. Uh, small forward. Last year we had Wiggins with... I genuinely thought we were counting Towns as the power forward, so that's my confusion right there. That is a confusing thing from what I've the seen. The thing is, he's so good and skilled that I can't think of him as a center. He is a very good rim protector. He's, a right. much, he's actually, which, what's weird about Jang is he's terrible at defending yeah, the rim. That's true. That's very he's like weird. He's Al Jefferson. So he's more of a, <laughs> my sense is that it all depends on the, on the team that we're playing. But Towns is better as the traditional center defensively because he's such a good rim protector, whereas Jang is pretty mobile, so he's more of the power forward defensively. I don't know what you want to call him offensively. I don't even think it really matters a whole lot, but the way they match up, Towns is the five, Jang is the four. Um, I would think that they really badly need a starting small forward so they can move Wiggins to the two and Levine to the bench. But then another need that they had was, again, backup point guard. So, like, check. We have a guy that can hopefully at least hold his own Maybe. He's a rookie. You so never this know. is, what you're saying for you know, the Twitter X out there is this is not a 
Johnny Flynn, Ricky Rubio situation. I don't think where so. Where they have two point guards and David Kahn is somewhere yelling from behind a bar, oh, they, should play, they can play them together. Yeah. This will work. In his corduroy suit. Yep, in his corduroy suit. <laughs> so so uh, out of the four that we needed, we got one. That's good. I'm really excited about that. I, again, I would have been super pumped with Heald, but he wasn't, in my eyes, an absolute need. Although we do need shooting. I, I totally agree with that. That position wasn't necessarily needed. So I don't know if that's controversial or not, but that's sort of my point of view. So um, do you guys want me to quickly just be done talking Wolves? Are you um, okay? I have a quick follow-up. Who do you want them to get in free agency? That was going to be my next Luol Deng, is that a guy that interests you at all? I would love Luol Deng. I don't know how expensive he's going to be. I don't know any Everyone's of going to be expensive. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, one guy that I would like to see possibly is Jared Dudley. He's a sort of journeyman guy, but he's a legit three who can shoot three-pointers. They need a 3-and-D guy. Uh, and then, again, if you've got Levine, Muhammad, B. Jelly, Dunn, that's like an okay bench. That's yeah. like they can maybe do some damage once in a while bench. Not going to be, like, the worst ever. You know who I'd like to fill that spot at the three? What? I, he's kind of under the radar, but his name is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant? Would be the awesome. Durantula? Yeah. It would be amazing. And, honestly, like... I want to be clear that that's never, ever going to happen. It is not going to happen, but for the first time, there's no obvious reason why it's not going yeah. to happen. It's, it's maybe like, Glenn Taylor not wanting to go crazy into the luxury tax, or I have no I idea what the... He just sold 5% of the team to a Chinese businessman. Should be just rolling in They're rolling right in, um, what's the Chinese currency? Yen? Yen. No, that's, yeah, that's Japan. <laughs> God damn it. That's... Um, uh, Chinese currency, uh, Wade. Yeah. Wade, call us. Are you not right listening? Um, yeah, call Wade right now. But it would make if if okay, it's not going to happen. But I'm just saying, like, this is the first time probably in team history. Maybe when like Durant or sorry, when uh, Garnett was just becoming into his prime. It's when they the Yen, you huge. sons of bitches. But it's spelled Y U A N. Oh, okay, that's correct. Thank Ding. Damn it, John. Um, if he did come out and say it, I'm going to be joining the Timberwolves. And signing a max whatever. No. Everybody would be like, I get it. That makes sense. That makes, yeah. a, that makes a ton of basketball sense for you. You've got a great coach, and you've got two other guys to play alongside you. Positionally, you make perfect sense. That has never happened before. I, I'm trying to think back to maybe in like an O or 97 when Marbury was promising and Garnett was amazing, and there was some big free agent then, I don't know, like fucking... Grant Hill or something, or whatever, right? Like, that would have made sense, too. That's the only other time. There's probably one year in team history where it would have been <laughs> yeah. valid for a guy to come play with us, and this All is right. one of those years. So here's my question. Let's say that somehow Durant does sign with the Timberwolves. Oh, my God. Don't do all, this. <laughs> don't do this. And then Why? we all Why realize, this to yourself? We realize retroactively that Flip Saunders looked at that contract a couple years ago and built the entire team and was like, you know, the TV contract's going that up. Yep. We'll have enough money for that. We'll have a perfect spot for it. That he engineered all of this yeah. leading up to signing Kevin Durant. Even all Will the you really forgive him retroactively? Even all the Posthumously? Even all the bad trades on purpose? They were all leading up to this, Brandon. <laughs> you just didn't see it. If there's evidence of this, like he wrote down a notebook, I'm trading... 
for Adrian fucking Payne for a first rounder on purpose. I am trading a first rounder for Kevin fucking Garnett, who's going to play 12 minutes for us on purpose. I am not going to draft CJ McCollum, and instead I'm going to pick up Muhammad and Jang on purpose. I will totally then say. I know you're a process guy, but this would be a results (laughs) move right there. Actually, I would be able to make all those things, and like the corpse of Flip would be like, who the fuck are, who cares, dude? Checkmate. Checkmate. Uh, No, it would be amazing. It's not going to happen. There's a bunch of other guys, too, that would be great. Like Al Horford is an awesome player. Uh, He and Towns next to each other would just be dynamite. I would love that. Um, And Dudley is probably more of a mid-range guy. I know Nicholas Batum is a a good small forward. The Wolves tried very hard to sign Nick Batum last time he was a free agent, which was like five years ago. Yep, that was a David Kahn thing. It was. Randomly, he did some things right once in a while. It was weird. <laughs> he wanted. He, he made fifty thousand. We moves. can't give him credit for saying how loud he wanted to sign him. No, he did sign him to a sheet. Oh, that's matched. right. He did sign him to they a matched. sheet. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but if he he made like a thousand moves in like five years, yeah. so of course a few of them are going to make sense. Yeah. Just statistically, pure yeah. statistical chance. There's just so what many players that you out. can try to get in the league. Some of them are going to make sense. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So we're recording this on the 28th. Free agency starts, I believe, Friday morning. But then there's those six days when free agency starts, but nobody can be signed. Mm-hmm. This is that DeAndre Jordan drama from last year. If you remember, he committed yes, to that was mass awesome. and then locked himself in a room so they couldn't come and convince him. Uh, just <laughs> such a sportive memory. This is a thing that we need to remember to have the energy to do sometime is to look back on some of the funnier, more random moments of sports history as very sportive moments. And just, I just want to talk about it. That again. was I very sportive. Yeah. I wish one of us knew all the details because it would be great to just go down memory lane. Agreeing to a contract and then locking yourself in a room to stop yourself from signing him. So sportive. That's as sportive as it gets. The most sportive. Yes. I was, That's the equivalent of like, I'm going drinking tonight, so I'm going to huck my keys into the middle of a lake so I can't drive home. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Very sportive. Very sportive. Uh, yeah, so we should somehow, let's let's mark that down on that list of things that are great ideas that we're never going to get to. Put it on our, g- on our joint sportive Google calendar to yep. talk about it. Once, once a year. 20,000 things on there uh, <laughs> that we know would be great that we don't want to do. Sam Hinkie's letter would just have a entire two-week period blocked up. <laughs> We're going to talk about this every day for two straight weeks. <laughs> oh, man. Some of these some of these characters. All right. Enough NBA. Let's move on. All right. You think you so? You feel good? Yeah, I do. I feel All good. Right. Yep. Uh, okay. So... Do you want to? I'm sorry. I'm gonna try to pull up my. How many? How many minutes do you want to talk about the twins? Do you have any? Do you have any energy at, at all right now? Here's what I'm gonna. I want to ask you. Who could we possibly trade right now? Who has trade value? Who has trade value? Any of the young players have trade value. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Um, Who, if you heard, was traded for even a couple new L screens? Would you be like, fine, that's great. I would trade Trevor Plouffe for a high five right now. Okay. Plouffe, I'm sure he's been on the block for a long time. Oh, yeah. Easily he's been on the block well, forever. What about Doge? You say that, but get rid if of he Doge? was on the block, he should have been gone last winter. Well, nobody wants him. True. What about Can we Bre- sucker some people into Suzuki? Have him played? No. Really? Okay. Yeah. Who could you sucker into Suzuki? The only team would be us. I yeah. was going to say. We're the only ones well for three enough. weeks. We'll, <laughs> we'll get him right now. 
Got to get him while he's hot. We'd trade him, and then he'd hit a double for his first game. We'd be like, get him back. Yep. Get him back. Gotta get him back. Got to get him back. Bygones are bygones. Trade. Um, okay, so not much for Suzuki, but what about Dozier? Someone would you wants trade Dozier? Dozier? Right? Fuck yeah, I'd trade, Do- I'd trade Dozier yesterday. Why would really? we not? Why would you know. keep him? Because he hits 20 home runs a season and walks occasionally? That's my argument. I don't know. I think we're going to be bad for a while, and we need to start over. We're starting over again? Yeah. I didn't want to start over over. We are, dude. We are at the What's their record, John? What is their record? Can't we just cancel this year and have next year be what this year was supposed to be? No. That's not a thing? No, no, no. no. Last year was obviously an aberration. Such a mirage. Obviously an aberration. Here's the thing that needs, more importantly than trading everyone, is firing everyone. Oh, like man. That's everyone. a great point. That's true. The, the general manager needs to be fired. Yep. The team president needs to be fired. Yep. Everyone on the baseball operations staff needs to be fired. And Every- I don't just mean let's fire Terry Ryan and then Rob Anthony will be the GM. No one who has ever worked for the Twins <laughs> can be the general manager. Yeah. No one who has ever worked for the Twins can okay. be the team president. I'm throw out, okay, Sue Nelson gets to stay. Yes. Sue Nelson, the team organist, she gets to stay. Oh, yeah. She's Nelson awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm not saying everybody who works in the ticket office and stuff, they can all stay. That's fine. Yes. I'm not clearing Swamp Town here. I'm not saying fire everyone. I'm oh, saying fire true. everyone yeah. who matters for the on-field product. Yes. But it's important because every single person in this organization has been part of the organization for the last three decades. So making incremental changes is not an option. No. Nope. The other people that need so badly to be fired is the medical staff. Whoever's on the medical oh staff needs to be fired. They needed to be fired for 10 years, but they need to be fired and then rehired so they can be fired again. Double fired. Because it's just ridiculous. The entire Twins medical staff is ridiculous. Phil Hughes has Len to have Perkins. a body part removed so he can pitch again. <laughs> body part removed. He has to have part of his rib removed so he can get circulation back into his shoulder then so he can get velocity great. again. He need- tried to pitch through that. Then they'll give it to God, and he'll create another one out of the dust, another starting oh, pitcher. Uh, can, can, can you isolate can the audio for this? Jim Suhan, fuck you <laughs> forever. <laughs> fuck you. You are garbage at what you do. What? Love, Steve Newman. What on earth has gotten into him in general? Like... Hey, at least he's not Joe Sutre. At least he's not Joe Sutre. Yes. But okay, okay. Here, Jim. You're, at least you're not racist about what you do. <laughs> or as Sutre, you're just a straight-up racist. Yeah, so fuck yeah. you, too. It's just... Totally. You guys probably remember during spring training, at the end of spring training, we were like, Perkins is hurt. Oh, yeah. His velocity yeah. is down. He yep. can't throw the ball. He is Obvious. hurt, and he's going to be on the disabled list soon. Mm-hmm. We just looked at one thing that Parker Hageman tweeted, mm-hmm. like... Oh, his, his max velocity is 88 miles an hour? Yeah. His shoulder is hurt. Someone yeah. should do something. It took them two and a half months to actually go and look at his shoulder and be like, you know what? We should get a second opinion on this. And then the guy who was a second opinion was like, yeah, we should probably go ahead and do surgery on this guy. And both Perkins and Hughes broken. were like team players about it. They actually tried. You know, they did the rehab. They did, you know, what they were told to do instead of being malcontents. And Just the, the entire culture of... You need to play while you're hurt is the stupidest possible thing. Because none of these guys are good enough to be effective when they're hurt. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, that's hard is be- they may be not necessarily saying that, but players think that, and it's a macho sort of point of view that I have, too, as an old-ass man in my old-ass men's baseball league. 
if my arm hurts a little bit, there's no way I'm immediately going up to coach and be like, my arm's a little sore. So, yeah, but isn't there a difference between my arm is sore and I have a torn labrum or yes, I need totally, a body part totally. removed? Yes, I'm just saying. I'm not saying there needs to be a if time. If you're sore from yesterday, you should ask out of the game today. But I also think that you, you're probably not saying that because it's unlikely, but that is actually the way it should be. Like the guy who's like, fuck this, I'm not coming out, is hurting the team because he's a selfish asshole. I am a selfish asshole when I refuse to leave a game just because I'm, my competitive juices are flowing and I'm like, fuck this, go back out. I think... And they do that a lot. So They also need to realize that there's a difference between I play third base and I have to throw the ball hard seven times a game mm-hmm. versus and my shoulder is kind of sore versus I'm a pitcher and, and my shoulder is sore yeah. and literally everything I do depends on my shoulder. Yeah, if Ploof is a little, his arm is a little bit sore, what are the odds that actually affects the outcome of a game? Yeah, very little. Mm-hmm. I mean, there may be one throw. If, uh, if whoever, Santana, Nolasco, one of the starters, or Perkins or whatever, like, you might, you're probably going to blow the game. Uh, yeah, it's bad. All right. Um, I know that has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying, like... So anyway, what I'm saying is, rather than trade everyone, fire everyone. Fire. Fire. Well, and I, I don't, don't want to... I don't want to give up that trade everyone. I want to do no, both. Is it possible I'm not opposed to both? To, yeah, I'm not opposed to trading everyone. Because... But here's the thing. The people making the trades are the people that I want fired. Yeah. So is it a good bad. idea that's to bad. let them make those trades? I don't know, man. Okay, so let's let's you play out a fun fantasy. Okay. Super fun fantasy. Um, Stu has his shirt off. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're all new. Different kind of We're band. all sword nude. fighting. Gotcha. Uh, Theo Epstein has been hired as the Twins general manager today. Okay. Today. What does he do for the rest of this season? Like, what is all, the real it's all smart young guy guys? Isn't it all young guys? I mean, literally anyone who's old is either they're moved for parts. He legitimately, I was just going to say that, he moves every single fucking old guy on if the team. If you like watching Byron Buxton struck out, it's your lucky day. The problem is. He's going to be playing every day. Because Buxton comes up, oh. Sano comes to third. Yep. Uh, or goes somewhere, yep, right? Kepler's out and right. I think Kepler stays in right. All young guys are up, yep. no matter what. Is Jorge Polanco uh, playing second base? Jorge Polanco is at second base. Who's Bidoge playing shortstop? is traded. Uh, is it still Ed? Probably Ed. Probably Ed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, have any middle infield? Even Epstein, short short even Theo knows the beauty of Ed. Yep. Um, and I bet he trades a bunch just for, like, some sort of young catchers somewhere yep. in some organization every, just every to minor see league if, a catcher just to see if one of these guys can stay <laughs> one of them you know what being you know we're just, coming to camp with yep. 17 of them next year and hoping yep. one of them works uh, burrio's back up i'm just like yep sorry may is in the rotation yep, yep. um alasco is on a train across Australia Ship where to he's Korea. not allowed to get off the train for <laughs> they three days. for Andy Albers. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Too soon. Too soon. Um, but that's that's what happens, right? It's like a godfather moment yeah, of just, like, we just yeah. cut all six yeah. of these guys. Um, but that's the way I'm trying to think about like what I would do, although I don't know why because none of it's actually going to happen. But like Epstein would trade Dozier tomorrow. Oh, That's yeah. true. He would. You are not part of the future, unfortunately. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what of those actually works out. And I have another thing for you, a potential silver lining. You want to hear a potential silver lining? We haven't had one of these at all. Yeah, I'd like no. to hear one. 
Um, I was reading the other day um, one of the articles on the internet, so it had to be right. Yep. Totally accurate. Um, that there are only five, six... Oh, I already forgot the article. The point is that there were there's not a whole lot of teams that are absolutely out of it already in major leagues, right? Yep. There's just a few really terrible teams. Some of them are kind of hanging on or whatever. A lot of so teams are sort of hovering around 500. We are not hovering. No. We are clearly out of it. We are hovering there's around no hovering 300. To be done here. So this means that it's a seller's market. Is that right? Because there aren't many sellers. True. I would say that's true. So is that a silver lining? Yeah, I like that. I like that as a silver lining. There's so many teams that are looking to get a little bit better. We have a terrible house that's falling down. Yes. But it does have some copper wiring. There aren't many houses. Yeah, we could sell it. (laughs) There's just not a lot of houses in the neighborhood. Not a lot of houses. Not a lot of copper wiring in the world. So that's what I got for you for silver lining. I like it. There you go. It's crazy, but I like it. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so I want snow back immediately. Yep. He played in right field yesterday. God damn it. Assignment. No way. And he I thought he played it. I thought he started the rehab at third base. He did, but he played in right field last night and yeah. committed in there. Okay. There was oh, all this goodwill built up for Paul Molitor last year. And he has lost some of it throughout this year. Yes. And when they asked him, when Sano comes back, what position is, is he going to be playing? And Molitor went, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know. He lost all of last year's goodwill for me in one sentence and a bunch more. Like, he is so far in the hole well, of goodwill at this point. Well, my guess is he doesn't know. My guess is he's going to... He's being told where to put him, is, would be my guess. But why is he... Why would you not leave Kepler out there? He's I, clearly better at the position than Sano is. He's well, also one of your better prospects. You keep Kepler at right. It's obvious, but that's his job, right? Why can't he yeah. just say, like, no, he's not in right field. Kepler's in right. He's to say he's got, okay. He's going to be the DH then, but he's not going to right field. Kepler's are my right fielder the rest of the maybe year. Maybe you're in a bunghole park. Maybe he just decided there's no reason to make Trevor Plouffe quit on the season three days before he quits on the season. All right, that's good. That's a good devil's advocate. <laughs> because if he says, that's "Well, Sano's going to play third, third base," and Plouffe's like, eh, "Screw this, I'm going home." Yeah. Hey, I play third base. You stupid. <laughs> Wait bastard. a second. Yeah. Are there going to be two third basemen? <laughs> Cause I is, that what, is that what the shift is? I think that's the shift, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Maybe he meant he's going to play shortstop. That's pretty near third base. Do you guys want Rosario back? I don't know. I picked him as my turd for the year, so... Yeah. I kind of... If he stayed in the minors all year, it'd be number one, it'd be nice if he ripped up the minors and got some confidence back. Number two, it'd make me look like a genius, so... Which is important to you. I guess. You do have some pride. I'd like... Not a lot, but some. I'd like, you know, a bit. few and far bit, between. It'll be gone soon when your kid comes. Yeah. yeah. All pride will be gone. Uh, I'm going to be calling into the podcast after I have kids just bleary-eyed. <laughs> yeah. You will hey be. Hey, guys. Yeah. What's going on? Our friend Nick Nelson, who I think we all agree is very uh, smart and in tune with the twins, but also more... Uh, short, please. But also more positive about the twins in general um, than we are wants to call up Rosario. Okay. And if Nick he, says it, I'll get on board. He admits, though, that his strike zone is still horseshit. Yeah. But and he just he hits... want to call him up? Because he just hits enough to maybe be a Vlad yeah, Guerrero I mean, if you're, type. If you're good enough offensively there, to make up for the lack of He's blocks. not going to be Vlad Guerrero. I don't mean there to say are, that. There, but like bad ball hitter guys. 
Kirby Puckett. It's just yeah. whatever. It's like looking at a triple A pitcher and being like, you know, he doesn't strike very many guys out. Tom Malone? But he just gets people out. <laughs> it doesn't work. It does not work that I know, way. I know. I, but I was going to say, um, there's, an, there's, there's an aspect to it, though, as well, of like lost season. Let's get him up here and see if he's going to figure out it's figured out at some point. Get him to that thousand at bad mark. And getting back to the Epstein uh, fantasy, that and we're all naked while he's yep. the general manager. Yep, right? I don't want to say that. I don't want to ruin your fantasy. We're sure. having both the fantasies happen at one right. time. Getting back to that, if all those things happened, th- they would. I would want to tune into him a little bit more often. That's true. There would be more of these guys up. Yep. Um, Basically, I want the AAA team in the majors right now because it's yeah. super fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not none of it's going to happen. Obviously, now back to the real world. Thank you. Um, I just say thank you sometimes while I'm podcasting. I can see that. Thank you. Thank well, you. people know we're at a bar. They know that there's oh, probably okay. a server coming. I just want to say thanks for and listening. We want to say thanks. Yeah. Now let's take a break to just say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, all 600 of you, for listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So we'll see what happens. They're going to unload somebody. Terry Ryan has been very clear about that. That the trades yep. will be made. Trades will be made. They're going to be bad. Yep. And they're going to make terrible us trades. sad. Jim Hoey will come back the other way again. <laughs> and nothing will change, most likely, uh, Until everyone's fired. Until everybody is fired. Yep. That's exactly what's going on here. But it was fun to fantasize. I, I liked it. Speaking of baseball, yep, John, you were gone last weekend on your great baseball road trip. Yep, it was great baseball road trip weekend. All right, give me your hit me with your locations. I want to hear yeah. about okay. it. Okay, itinerary first, please. Um, I think people probably know what the great baseball road trip is. It's organized by uh, our good friend Mike Rand, podcaster at large, podcaster, podcaster at large, podcaster emeritus. Host every Star Tribune podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, he's the only one who knows how to run the. He's software. the one who plans That's it. Why yeah. It's, yeah. I'm not kidding about that. Yeah. He's the only one who knows how to do it. <laughs> Vensel no. might know, but I don't know for sure. He's a football guy, so he might not. Vensel's yeah. busy watching The Bachelor. That's. That's- <laughs> That's brilliant by Rand, though. Like, yeah. hey, I know the software. Pay me I'll, more. I'll do the minor right. amount of work it takes to learn how to run Audacity. Yeah. So he organizes it. Um, uh, Rocket, who's been on the podcast, is also on it. What What is the Goes fair the way trip. to explain Rocket? He's some sort of, like, He's Randball's best friend from childhood. Yep. Some sort of hermit Luddite. Hermit Luddite, caveman lawyer. Caveman. Who has an iPhone 3. <laughs> He's, this is absolutely true. He has an iPhone 3. The hairiest man you'll ever meet in your you'll life. You'll never... Uh, there is no swarthy. Like his eyebrows have there met is with no the swarthier. side of his hair, yep. and his beard has met with the back of his hair. He's kind of all just growing into one big hairball. Exactly. Remember the arrest point. photo of Khalid al-Muhammad? <laughs> <laughs> He's hairier than that. It's insane. I, I, that, I, I, don't know, I don't know how that works. <laughs> that and he's actually more dangerous than Khalid Describing Rocket as the Khalid Sheikh Muhammad of the podcast is not that far off the truth. That is true. That neckline down to his nipples. Literally just, just the back hair everywhere. Oh, my God. The only way I can really describe Rocket is he's Human been garbage? on the podcast sure. before. No. And he's a good person. My dad he's generally good. listens to the podcast. And one time he's like, oh, I've been listening to the podcast. It's been good. Except for the one with Rocket. I couldn't. 
listen to that one. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> he was just so foul mouthed. He, my dad he was opened like, a I'm bag done. of smashed assholes, <laughs> yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. And then it went downhill. And then that was one of the milder things yeah. he said. Okay, so we've got uh, Michael, who's a yep. nice person. Michael, yes. he's a John genuinely nice person. Clearly a very nice person. Mm-hmm. Angry Rocket. Angry just Rocket. The three Angry of you are also a nice person, of course, yeah. but is also a terrible person, yes. if that makes sense. And, our, and then two other guys. Uh, one who's earned the nickname Taco, and on the theory that somebody on the road trip needed to be named Taco. Mm-hmm. And then Rob, who doesn't have a nickname. Okay. Poor Rob. Poor Rob. Poor Rob. And then Rob. Next year, maybe, Taco. Taco's next year, a good maybe good Rob can have a nickname. He got a speeding ticket in Colorado, so maybe it can be something like that. Okay. So anyway, so, destinations for the road trip. It started, we left last Thursday, drove to Omaha for the College World Series. Uh-huh. Then the day after that, went to Colorado Springs for a AAA game. The Colorado Springs Sky Sox, who I assumed were the White Sox affiliate, but they aren't. They're the Brewers affiliate. That's fucked up. We're going to have that. And then Saturday and Sunday, we were in Denver and went to a couple of Rockies Diamondbacks games, which is a meaningless series, to be sure. Mm. So that was a trip just sort of all the way to Denver. Then we flew back, so we didn't have to drive back. How did you you take a rental car? Yep, we rented a minivan and drove. Last nice. year, in an exciting turn of events last year, it had one of those drop-down TVs. Ooh, so we stopped nice. at a video Classy. game store and bought a Sega and played NHL 94 the no whole way on the shit. trip. <laughs> that was the best trip advancement. And then this I year, would not leave the car. I, it, we didn't. I was genuinely <laughs> excited. And then they pulled up with a van, and it didn't have a DVD player. What? And what it was like, well... Now I don't even want to go on the road trip. This is going to be tough terrible. times. You guys couldn't afford the. Most mainly, mainly we just bickered about the Timberwolves the whole way to Omaha. So, wow. That's so how's Omaha? Uh, it's like a warm Minneapolis. Ugh. No, no, no. Okay, so it's the confusing thing about yeah. Omaha, we, I'd never been to the College World Series before, which was at Rose. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Blad Stadium, which, if I understand correctly, was out in the middle of a field. Uh-huh. And 
Well, then, you were just there, so you yeah. shouldn't ask us. Well, no, was see, it? I wasn't there because it was. It's now at TD Ameritrade Park. Oh, was at Rosenblatt. It was at Rosenblatt. Yes. Now yes. it's at a big new twenty-five thousand seat park in downtown Omaha, and it's nice and it's cool. And as we were driving out of town the next day, we saw another park by the side of the road, and we're like, Werner Park. What is that? Do they have like an independent league team? And we looked it up, and we found out that Werner Park was also built like four years ago for the Oma- for Omaha's AAA team. And all of us were just flabbergasted because we assumed that the College World Series stadium was also used for the AAA team because it makes no sense whatsoever right. to have two different stadiums. And I realize that I say that as a resident of a large metro area that built a new park for a minor league team and then built another one for an independent league team, which is equally stupid, but... At least we're a, co- a warm min- or we're cooler than Omaha. I just don't understand why a Triple A team and the College World Series can't share a stadium. The College World Series stadium is used for like the College World Series and some Creighton home games, right? And that's like it. Have you figured out the answer to this? No, I have no idea. It's just going to haunt us now. Omaha apparently is built around the College World Series, right? And it's a—I mean, it's a big deal, and there were a lot of people there, but. You sort of got the sense it was like a second-rate state fair. I mean, the goddamn thing goes on for six weeks. Yeah, it's still going on. Fuck. We're watching it My right Arizona now. Wildcats might win the, win the whole thing tonight. Your Wildcats? Your Wildcats. I'm an alumni. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. I thought you meant like you just adopted this team. No, for the I, I didn't. Yeah. Not like me in Wales. <laughs> this is <laughs> right. He actually went to the U of A. I've never been to Wales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So very valid. Yeah. Very valid. <laughs> I know the school song and everything. It has 11 words. It's like a Dr. Seuss school song. Um, Where was I going with that? Oh, Omaha. I don't understand why Omaha couldn't get it together and just build one stadium to replace their old stadium. They had so much money, they were like, fuck it. I guess. Do a couple of them. They don't really have anything else going on. So the College World Series, we talked about this a little bit off air. Uh, Do you have any review besides uh, it takes six hours to play a fucking game nowadays? It's... It's interesting, and I thought one of the one of the things I thought going in was, well, this is a college World Series. It'll be effectively like a college basketball game in that the stands aren't full, but the people who are there, like in an NCAA tournament Rabbit. game, generally are fans of one of the two teams. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be, we were watching Coastal Carolina play Texas Tech. I thought first baseline, Texas Tech fans, third baseline, Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers fans. And it'll just be raucous and nuts the yeah. whole game. Fun, like team fight songs and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. just screaming back and forth. There Coastal were like three Carolina. rows of Texas. We're trying to clear across this land. land. Coastal, Coastal Carolina. I don't, I don't know, know where that, that school is. is. I love that old song. Yeah, <laughs> we totally expanded that, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song. It is. Um, Instead, there were, like, two dozen Coastal Carolina fans scattered throughout the park. Behind third base, there was, like, three rows of Texas Tech fans all together. Yeah. Who basically, if the camera was on them, they stood up and did the guns up thing, and that was about it. Wow, really? And then it was just people who liked baseball who were there just sort of quietly checking their phones. They thought it was kind of a... You gotta go do this at one point. Yeah, there so was a weird sort of bleacher thing where they threw a bunch like a of spring training almost. Yeah, like, a uh, you gotta go. Training. You gotta go see it. 
like, well, it's Omaha, and what else am I going to do? So yeah. I'll go ahead and go to the College World Series every year. That's crazy. I think that ended up being our most expensive tickets of the trip, too. Which so it must be working. Con- yeah, it must be working, That's but it weird. seems nuts to me. So anyway, my, my review of that is Omaha is weird. It's a weird <laughs> place. Uh, I think that that should just be a minor blip because college baseball is ripe for crazy, rabid fandom. I think that's right. There's a ton of downtime. So there's lots of reasons to be ridiculous. College kids love being ridiculous with stupid songs and cheers and waves and whatever else. It could work out perfectly. Uh, get some beers. Go into the stands. It's a nice day out. Go ape shit. Yeah. Should not be a bunch of half-ass fans that are kind of into it. It's a bunch of baseball coaches. It's like Stupid. every baseball coach Fucking in the Midwest Stupid. is there. <laughs> yeah. God. It's that kind of crowd. And kids. And My grandpa has always talked about, and I have a young grandpa, so he's like... 42. Yeah, he's 42 years old. Um, has always talked about, I'd love to go down to... My grandpa should be scared to death of going to the College World Series. I'm like, oh, I can't. I couldn't possibly go there with the... With the you know, it's like... He would never once recommend, let's go tailgate at a Michigan football game. Yeah. You know, that's what his mentality should be about College World Series. Like, oh, I want to watch it, but I, I don't think I'm going to, I'm not going to go. I'm not, I'm not young enough that. for that. But no, he's that's like, yeah, crazy. let's go do that. Yeah. Like, my grandpa should be scared to death. It is, it's a grandpa event. Get for your sure. shit together, Omaha. <laughs> I know they're listening. We know, we know that we are huge. Uh, we're the, huge. The Omaha, like, Chamber of Commerce. Certainly more so and, than in Rogers, where everyone just looks at us like we're, yeah. oh. They're not fans of Listen, us here. They're not playing poker. No, we know that the microphones uh, aren't involved in poker at all. <laughs> if anybody asks, we're going to say that we're podcasting about the poker tournament. <laughs> We're like commentating on it from here. Or real estate or something equally white. <laughs> we are the whitest podcast yes. in America. So that was Omaha. Uh, the next All right, day, let's move on. Colorado Springs. Next day we drove to Colorado Springs, which as it turns out is nowhere near Omaha. I don't know if you've no. ever made the drive from um, eastern my, Nebraska to Colorado. Uh, Mandy, it's like she has horror stories about that drive. Her dad is from Golden. Yeah, and that drive from Golden to um, St. Cloud. That's when they go through Nebraska, yep. and oh it's my like god, six hours. It's like uh, I think it was more like nine hours. Jesus, it was a long drive, and it's all flat until you get right to the mountains. I mean, it's there's nothing. The only nothing. exciting thing we did was we stopped in Kearney, Nebraska. First of all, because we were looking for a stupid roadside attraction to go to. Brandon, you might remember about three years ago, we stopped in Brandon, Iowa to see the world's largest frying pan. Of course. And send you pictures of a giant frying pan that said Brandon on it. Never forget it. Because that's sort of the road trip speed. Yeah. This time we discovered What is in Kearney, Nebraska? Well, apparently a former three-tier governor of Nebraska had a dream. And that dream involved spending $64 million dollars to build a museum over I-76. Like, uh, like, like it yeah. goes over yeah, the interstate. It's, it's called the Archway. Yeah. It's apparently a pioneer museum. And near as I can tell, we didn't go into the museum part. We just stopped to uh, use the bathroom and also see what could possibly result in building a $64 million arch over the freeway and calling that a tourist attraction. 
near as I can tell, you go up in there and it just describes the rape of the native people. <laughs> oh, oh, oh right. well, like, hey. oh, the settlers settled this land and there were some people here before, but we don't want so to talk about it. Pawnee City Council approved this. <laughs> <laughs> Councilman Jam voted, <laughs> voted yay. So we didn't stop there for very long, but I was just, Nebraska, not a great place for roadside attraction. The one good thing about Kearney was that we stopped at a family fun zone that had a very nice blacklight mini golf course. Oh, yeah. That was really oh, entertaining. And then we rode go-karts, which was pretty great. All right. That's a good that's a good road trip activity is going to the fun zone. A couple years ago, Rand nearly killed us all by swerving across three lanes of traffic to get to one in Joplin, Missouri or something stupid like that. Jesus. Anyway. Do you guys get fucked up on this road trip? Uh, no. We're all dads. Do you stay out late? <laughs> we're all dads, Brandon. We're old. So what time do you... Do you most mostly the most common day is probably one like Saturday yep. where we got up in the morning we went out and played golf then we went to an then we drove from Colorado Springs to Denver to go to an afternoon Rockies game and then we drove straight from the Rockies game out west of Denver to Blackhawk Colorado which as it turns out has more casinos than Atlantic City and is up in the mountains yeah and we went to a casino all evening do you guys agree on what you're going to be doing during this road trip? Or is there contentious, like, I want to go for a run. I want to go up a Bloody Mary. Uh, it's mostly we're going to play golf at some point. We're going to go to a casino at You've some been doing point. this for 17 years. You know what the drill is. Yeah, you know exactly. It's mostly baseball. And the only guiding factor is if you're trying to decide what to do, the answer is probably try to do both of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. With like a lot of activities. Yeah, last year, guys have energy. I think it was two years ago. We had a plan. Our only plan on on the last day of the road trip was we're driving from wherever we were in Iowa. We're gonna go drive to the Field of Dreams, and then we're gonna drive home. That's our plan for this day. Yeah. We discovered Cedar Rapids was playing that day, so we were having an argument at breakfast. Like, well, if we go to Field of Dreams, then it would be it's an hour and a half out of our way if we want to go to Cedar Rapids. But the entire point, and then somebody finally said, well, why don't we just do both? And so we spent seven hours, we went two hours out of our way to drive to Field of Dreams, which is a pointless attraction in the middle of a cornfield. And you get far more excitement by seeing the movie than actually I think I there. knew that. Like, yeah. that's not a thing to actually... It's not a thing to go out of your way to see. Okay. But, okay. Good to know. So the animating factor is let's do as much as we can. So that was your typical road trip day. We got... And you had five people, right? Yep. Do you have two hotel rooms? Yes. Nice. And usually somebody has to sleep on a couch or something like that. You don't go two to a bed. Uh, it's it'll happen. I mean, we're cheap. You're sexual yeah. men, and that's important. Cheap sexual men. Did you go to a Rockies game at all? We did go to. We went to two Rockies games, and did you have like weed or like? Do they like give you edibles when you walk in the? Yeah. Did you I guys get high? Sp- no, we didn't get high. Nobody. Not any it's of the legal five of there. you got high. You can totally That would be like the first thing I did in Denver. Man, you're older than me, and yet you're so young. Well, I would just want to... Well, uh, I'm actually scared to death of edibles. I, <laughs> the only reason I'm scared to death of them is because I saw a tweet one time that said there's uh, four stages of eating an edible. Mm. Not high. Not high. Still not high. Take me to the hospital. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> so, like, I edibles in particular is like an unnatural thing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm used to just like. But they're regular. from nature, man. <laughs> I know. I, did, but I, I understand I a, how to control 
I understand like the amount of weed to do for the most part mm -hmm. until you get like, oh, have a whole brownie. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever I'd be like oh a full or half or whatever so I would not I, that's what scares me I don't know what to do I had a friend who her friend got them some sort of edible I don't know if it was a chocolate this is bar very good and so John's been doing sarcastic quotes while saying this yep. I had a friend who had a friend mm -hmm. they did they did like the one quarter they were supposed to do and they had that experience they were like well we're not that high. didn't work so they ate the rest of it and spent <laughs> the next 17 hours laying on the floor with a blanket pulled up underneath their chins just panicking <laughs> I know <laughs> the rest of that night and most of the next day I'm just panicking <laughs> sometimes day. a good tweet will change your life classic Dave Marthaler. <laughs> so, so anyway, that is not road trip behavior right there. So no one's like, dudes, let's. No one's like, let's go out and get high. No let's one's get like, some edibles. Let's go out and get drunk. All right. Okay. It's just, it's mostly like, let's go watch baseball. And anyway, Stu and I are going to do our own things. road trip next year, and there'll <laughs> be a lot of. Was Clarence at the game or not? <laughs> Clarence was at the game. So we went to Coors Field. Sunday's game, it was about 90 degrees. We're sitting in the left field bleachers just roasting. And there was a guy. He probably was in his 30, late 30s, early 40s. His, I think probably his mom was sitting next to him. And then they had a kid who was about eight or nine with him. Who clearly was taking out, I don't know if it was his dad or his uncle or what. But they were... When you hear a nine-year-old swear behind you in front of people who are clearly taking care of him, you know something's going on. Yeah. And what Stu's referring to is that this guy had a lot of real hot takes about soccer, Ooh. such as how many Americans play that sport, like three? And I was going to take you to a Rapids game, but then I thought I'd have to put a bullet in my head before we got there. So Jesus. This is a sport. Yep. The Why? best way. The Rockies made now with like first and second to end the inning. And as they're walking out the field, this kid goes, damn it. Wow. <laughs> In front of his, possibly his father and grandmother. Somebody who should have said, I don't know. Yeah. Eh, it was, it so was sure. quite the experience. Wow. Coors Field is also kind of quite the experience because yeah? it's so cavernous. And the ball, of course, just flies out of there. Like we saw... I was starting to think, well, maybe the ball doesn't fly out of here quite as bad as everyone says because of the humidor. And then immediately there were three home runs where it was like, well, that's a fly. That's just 450 feet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that humidor is a myth, right? Like it yeah. doesn't actually do anything yeah. for them. They yeah, just can't get help, the amount of backspin that they need. The, the thing about Coors is because it's so cavernous, it means the outfielders, if you're playing a normal depth from the wall, are like 600 feet from the plate. So everything's a single. Like, no doubles defense at Coors is actually no triples defense. Because if the wall gets between the outfielders or gets all the way to the wall, it's a triple. Well, that's what they've said. It's like, it's bad news for the pitchers either way. Yeah. I, it's terrible to have a big, even... I can't tell you how many doubles we saw that didn't get anywhere near the wall. Like, the left fielder has to run 20 steps to his right to keep the ball from going to the corner, that's a double because right. the left fielder is now 410 feet from the plate. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've said, like, the dimensions, it should be a pitcher's park. It's like, yeah, but the outfielders are a mile and a half from yeah. each other. You need five outfielders, then they'd have to cover the same amount of ground they would in a regular park. Right, yeah. So it's a little ridiculous. Huh. So All right. it's bad for baseball. The games took forever because not only are they slow, but... They ended 11 to 6 and 10 to 9 or something like that. Because there's a million runs, and I just, 
I don't under I Coors Field is not a good place to have a baseball team play. It's going to be there forever, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just about. I don't know what you do. So weird. It's very Move weird. Move to like Lyman. Yeah. Or wherever. <laughs> we stopped there. We stopped at a gas station in yes, Lyman. Yes, we did. Uh, so yeah, that was the baseball road trip. Sounds fun. Any good uh, big fights? You guys fight with each other? Um, Rocket was screaming at somebody for not saying the Timberwolves were worse off. We had a big argument about which team in Minnesota was the worst off and which was the best off. And we ended up arguing about the middle two. Like, everyone agreed the, ten, the Twins are terrible. Twins are the worst, yeah. the Vikings are And the Vikings are, the Vikings are, the top, are yeah. on the better end. Yep. Uh-huh. Nobody seemed to care enough about go for basketball or go for football. But that then we got in a okay. big argument about the Timberwolves versus the Wild. Which one's in worse shape? Do you have a comment on this? I thought the Wild were in terrible shape because they have so many untradeable contracts. They have a, just a really but low they just ceiling. traded somebody. Well, they, or not traded. they bought they out let, Thomas they, Van. They, they let, but they Rocket's let. point was... Yeah. They made the playoffs four years in a row. You can't be in the worst shape if you're in the playoffs, whereas the Timberwolves haven't made the playoffs in 65 years. He is looking backwards, and we're and all looking forward. So we had a very, uh, we had a dis- long discussion about semantics, about what worst shape really meant. Yeah, that's but true. But there was also a lot of screaming. because you got to set your objectives before Rocket you have the discussion. Yeah. So, so as long as you're not thinking correctly, you would think the Wild are in better shape. I'll so tell true. Rocket where you live. He'll come to your house. Oh, he knows. He knows. He, he has sent things to my mailbox before. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> that thing? is absolutely true. Oh, that's true. When I, when I wrote the preview for Baseball Prospectus for the Twins, he yep. sent me a copy to sign. So, Which I didn't send back for like six months because I'm a bad person. But, but I want to be clear that Rocket's a really nice guy. He's and an absolute very much. gem of a human being who's also human garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also like a genius and an he expert. He is like he's got like a two ten IQ, but uh-huh. again, also Hitler. Very charming man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a road trip. He is the Unabomber. He is <laughs> a very hairy Unabomber. Also, we had a moment on Sunday. We got in late on Saturday, so we just decided to go have a good breakfast at like a trendy spot. And I was like, oh, great, a trendy breakfast spot. This is going to be You're terrible. Like, and I was sort of borne out by it because we waited almost an hour to sit down. Yep. And the whole time I was getting madder and madder. And hungrier, like, right? How good could this breakfast really be? For God's sake. Oh, is so that biscuit place in Denver? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't know what the biscuit place in Denver is. Oh, there's supposed to be a, like a great biscuit place in Denver. I don't think anybody really? had biscuits. They were donuts. I love biscuits. They're delicious. They were donut bites. I think biscuits are on the menu. I would hope so. And then we finally got to sit down and eat breakfast, and it was one of the best breakfasts I've ever had in my life. So I guess it. the point of this story is I think I might be an idiot. Maybe oh. trendy breakfast places are actually worth it. Because you always see, and by always, I mean Aaron Gleeman is way into brunch, and he's yeah. all of the people I know on the internet. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, we are we're internet dorks. We record a podcast. Okay. Yeah. So it's a sports it's podcast. Nothing, so. It's nothing important. Just yeah. know that it's Way nothing important. Than you think. Don't worry. Nerds. Nerds. A burly Maynard's employee just came over and threatened us. We signed his tits. That's a good idea. We did. We did. Uh, yeah. Now I'm scared. I want to leave. Oh, boy. <laughs> the are a scary good. place, this too. This is not good. Is this what St. Cloud's like all the time? Every day. Do they know you have a Twitter account in St. Cloud? No. Twitter's illegal in St. Cloud. <laughs> what was I saying? I was talking about trendy breakfast, breakfast places. Breakfast, yeah. As, apparently, these places are actually worth it, I guess, is what I'm going for. 
I just want um, I want to recant all of the horrible things I've said about waiting in line for food because sometimes it's delicious. Uh, Drew McGarry, friend of the podcast. Not actually. None <laughs> no, of us. None of us know him. Um, but Drew McGarry, uh, friend of the podcast. Yep. Um, has made the point, which I thought was actually really smart, that uh, we make fun of hipsters for a lot of reasons all the time. Mm-hmm. But they provide a ton of value purely because they care so much about such dumb shit that they're right about a lot of these things. So like, oh, fucking hipsters love this new stupid fucking pizza place. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, and then you go to them and you're like, oh, no, this is actually that, that this was is amazing. You guys that was, are so right. It's you guys actually, have to go to this place. We make fun of them for caring that much about the fucking pizza process of how to make it, right? Because they have nothing else to do with their time that they can care about. Like, no, 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 no. The optimal temperature to cook pizza is not 750. It's 9.50, and this yep. restaurant cooks it at 9.50. you got to go there, and you're like, fuck you, you idiots. Have something else to do with your life. It's pizza. Besides, you can buy it everywhere, yeah, yeah. and it's delicious And then you go, and you're like, oh, god damn that it. That pizza's God-damn way better. I can it. never you go back to so pizza. You're so right. You're so right about everything. So, you know, they've got their mustache oils and their weird shirts with yep. the snaps. Mm-hmm. They ride the bicycle with the one big wheel And the in bicycle front. with the two different sized wheels. <laughs> and in Denver, they have a lot of tank tops on. A lot so of tank many tanks. Oh, tanks God, the tank tops at Rock the Garden. There were I so many. I was the only, uh, Rand and I were the only people without, only men there without tank tops. There's tanks on tanks. Rand had a jumpsuit on for some reason. Because they probably have their artisanal tattoos they need to show off. Yep. I'm okay. There was also a Kevin Durant Sonics jersey, which was cool. Love it. Yep, gorgeous. Just a whole bunch of like the the horizontally striped tank tops. But I thought that Drew made a great point of like, that is true. I do think many of the curly Q mustache, weird hat, riding weird Mm -hmm. shaped bikes all over the place are the most ridiculous humans. Yep. They're terrible people, but they know brunch. But I do want to know their point of view on what places are good because they give it. They're going to know where the best bacon is without question. (laughs) For sure. I trust their bacon bacon points. Uh, Okay, so that's great baseball road That's great baseball road You had a rant about... the length of baseball games. Right. Yes. And you wanted us to think about I ideas. Wanted you, I wanted you to come up with some ideas for shortening baseball games. I don't know, Because we saw... The college game we saw... The college game we saw took nine hours to play. Yep. It was less than that Regulation in actual game. time, but in feeling, it was a nine-inning game where every inning took an hour. It was like a t-ball game speed. Then we went to Colorado Springs, which is in AAA, and they have the pitch clock, which it's a little hard to explain because you don't think about the pitch clock too much, but if the pitcher has the ball, is on the dirt of the mound, the pitch clock starts at 20 and counts down, and he has to come set before it reaches zero. And it just moves the game along. It like keeps, keeps the pace going because most of the time they're delivering with four or five seconds left on the pitch clock. It's rare that you see it down to three or two or one. And so it moves it along. I don't think they allow the batter to get out of the batter's box, which is a huge problem if you watch Major League Baseball. You hit a foul ball, you take a strike, you back out of the box, you adjust your gloves for 12 seconds. I'm looking at, uh, is that Suzuki? No, it's Park. Park's doing it right now. He's out of the box. Now he's got to come in back and smooth the dirt. It's going to take 32 seconds between this pitch to deliver another pitch. It's a one-on-one count. It's not the first time he's exactly. going to play it It's either. the top of the ninth. They're leading by four runs. 
there's no way the batter should be allowed to get out of the batter's box during an at-bat. If he fouls a pitch off his shin, maybe. Otherwise, get back in the box and hit. There needs to be a pitch clock at the major league level to keep the game moving along. Because the point that Rand made, he wrote about this in his Monday column, the point that Rand made was, these was five of us who love baseball and are taking a road trip specifically to watch baseball, and we think the game is going too slow. It's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Who we, younger than us is going to watch baseball? Imagine if you had brought like a new yeah. person on the trip of like trying to get them into baseball. Yeah, I know you're a soccer fan, but here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a sport that lasts somewhere between three and three hours, three and a half hours to play. It's going to be incredibly slow, and you're going to want to fall asleep during most of it. The problem, I think, and I am absolutely, I mentioned it before, I played organized baseball almost my entire life. I still play it um, and obsessed with it, whatever, is the power of routine is driving most of our appreciation of baseball. Right. Newness freaks us out and we don't like it. The reason we care about baseball to begin with is we love the fucking routine. Yep. We love getting the same type of foods when we watch it. We love singing the seventh inning stretch, which is stupid, but we do it because we like it. And we it's do it like the it's baseball. Love puttering in the garage, having the game on the radio. It's just it's and a thing. Playing it has the exact same thing to it. Like, I, again, I play in a dorky men's league. We have the same routines as major leaguers. It's like we love to get there at the same time. Love to eat toenails. We love when the lineup is, yeah, that's Sorry. true. Uh, we love when the lineup is the same, right? <laughs> we love playing catch at this exact time. It's 6.50 or 7.30 or whatever. It's 7 to, We let, just That's what is comforting as a player. And these guys, obviously, the major leaguers, have that even more. Yeah, have made their do. living just on that. So... That will be the huge uphill battle of small things that you think, which I agree with, like you can't step out of the box at all. You just cannot step out of the box. The same way that um, if uh, Kevin Durant is shooting free throws, he can't just give the ball back to the ref and go up and like, yeah, I got to go touch new the other powder on and just be like, I'm just going to, they're like, no, 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 you, you have yeah. to stay here. Stand here you have and to do this. free throws. Um, but if the if, problem is not that that's important because it's not the problem is that's part of the routine that they've been doing their whole entire lives and even though you're right the uphill battle will be like the this is why we like baseball is the comforting routines and the breaks and whatever and if you so that's what I'm struggling with right is I want to make the game faster I would love obviously uh, a pitch count uh, you can't possibly step out of the box. No such thing as quick, quick pitches. You can just pitch it as quick as you possibly can. They're always in the box. Um, you can't, when you have a new relief pitcher, he doesn't like get to warm up. Yeah, it's like you he gets get to the mound. Pitch, you fucking moron. And like, throws 12 more warm up pitches like, oh, now I'm good. Everything's yeah, fine. Like when, uh, when Levine comes off the bench, they don't let him shoot a few. Hey, just, hey, it's fine, buddy. But there's other things <laughs> like, you constantly see it, especially in Major League Baseball. A guy throws three balls, is starting at bat. The catcher comes out, talks to him, gets back behind the plate. He throws another one, walks him. Now there's first and second. Now the pitching coach comes out to talk to him. You can't do any of that. That would be my point. I'm you saying can't do any of that. you can visit the mound once an inning. Anybody can visit the mound once an inning. You want the pitching coach to go out there? Fine. The pitching coach can go out there. No, but that's I, it for that inning. I don't think you can even do that one inning. You get three a game. It's like football. That, that'd Three be fine timeouts. 
I'm okay with that. If there was a point in football when uh, Teddy Bridgewater was like, I'm not feeling this. I'm just going to walk over to Zimmer and talk to him real quick. Yeah. You got to take a timeout for that. Like, See, yeah, I'm on board with that. That's one of your timeouts. I also, this is something sense. that I think just, Rob on the road trip suggested. You should get one mid-inning pitching change per game. Uh, Otherwise, yeah. switch at the innings break. I think that's totally fair and right. The only problem is injuries. Well, if you get injured, all right, we can make an exception for that. So then you fake injury if you're, like, so bad. I guess. I don't know. You're not going to do it. Then it's like, well, then you have to sit out the next X amount of games if you get injured midway through an inning or something. You have to sit out the next game. Yep. That's fine. I think it's replays getting stupid. You can do these things. Yeah, exactly. I just wonder what the appetite is for... Okay, so... The point that Michael made and that you made is like, we are diehards and we're frustrated. Yeah, and we hate this. But you guys are forward-thinking, progressive types looking for Have solutions. you Rocket? <laughs> Maybe not Rocket. <laughs> but like, my grandpa is not interested in anything that you just suggested at all. He loves that it takes time. Well, he loves the routines and the comforts of it. So what you're saying is that all baseball fans need to die before we can get something better? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm actually not saying anything. I am wondering what percentage of baseball fans are John and Michael mentality and what percentage of baseball fans are Grandpa Broxy mentality? I honestly don't know. I don't know either. I don't have but any sense. If I'm in charge of baseball, I'm doing Fuck everything I can think of <laughs> yeah. to speed up the game. I'm with you. I'm with you. Because him. it's a tenuous house of cards, it's it feels fucking, like. And it's not so much the length of time. It's that the length of time includes so much inactivity. Right. I want the fucking ball in play. Right. I want to have, and I think, I think Durkee called it like a rules brigade league or whatever he called it, some for, sort of funny term. Yep. I want to have a minor league team that Major League Baseball funds that says, let's try three, two counts. That's yeah. it. Three balls, two strikes. Let's see what the fuck happens when we do that because that's what's a bothersome thing is that baseball players, at, as of now, are like, I'll strike out. I don't give a shit. I want to get deep into a count. So you've seen the statistics of like the average uh, um, amount of pitches per plate appearance has gone way higher than it has the appearance. That's the problem. You look back at like, and we, I think we talked about this in the podcast um, a long time ago, but... You look back on, even if you watch these old ESPN classics of, like, World Series games, these, like, super important at-bats or whatever, guys are just hacking at fucking everything. First yeah. pitch, whatever. It's Steve Lombardozzi goes to the plate and just takes three monumental doesn't cuts give a at shit at pitches. all. Yeah. Nowadays, you'd be like, can we cut him immediately? Can we cut him? He doesn't have an approach at the plate. There's no such thing as a plate approach 25 years ago when games took two and a half hours. Yep. Get up there and put him in play. Now they're like, I'm not going to try to put in play. If I put it in play and I don't hit it hard, they're going to get me out because they're amazing. They, maybe there should be a future penalty for strikeouts. Like if you strike out, then you start the next at bat with a strike. And if you strike out again, then you start the next at bat with two strikes. And then you're thrown out of the game if you strike out three times. <laughs> <laughs> Problem is, for fans, you want to see a guy to get a good hack at it. You don't want the defensive two-strike swing. doesn't make the game much more fun. So there's something in there, that sweet spot, that I don't really know. There's not an easy nut to crack, obviously. Otherwise, no. we would have done it. But 
I'm with you, man. Even as a lifelong baseball player who all I want to do, right, even right now, is be playing baseball. Uh, I get it. Instead of doing this I stupid love podcast. playing baseball. <laughs> with all these Rogers Townies about to rise up and beat us to death. I was, uh, we had an out-of-town tournament last weekend, and uh, the College World Series was on, and we were talking about, like, do you pay attention at all? And almost everybody on my team was like, I couldn't give a fucking sh- I couldn't care less about this stupid thing. And we are like, I love playing it. I don't like watching it. And that's a problem. Yep. That's a big problem. Yeah. All right. Should we do a lightning round before we Yeah, let's do a lightning round. Lightning what round. do we got? All right. Lightning round. Lynx. Do you want to talk about the Lynx? Yeah, they won all of their games, and then suddenly they lost two in a row. And it's just, two in a row. It's very strange to have a Minnesota team that's, like, really good and then struggling. How many did they win in a row? 13, I think, to start the season. They're 13-2 and two right now. Yeah. They've lost two in a row. They so, won yeah. 13, then they lost two. Our main player is Maya Moore, right? Yeah. Yes. She's been injured or main she player bad? in the league. Hurt, yeah. Has been hurt. I do not know if she played the last two games that were losses. She got hurt during they the thir- played the thirteenth win. I almost said the Lakers, but it's the, the Los Angeles the uh, the Sparks. Uh, Sparky Sparks. The Los yeah. Angeles Sparks. She was hurt during that game, and they beat them down the stretch. And then had, they have struggled they've actually a little bit. Blown since. out the last yeah. two games. So, who knew that the best player in the league, if she's not on not playing, is going to make or a difference? She's playing at a diminished capacity. Which, yeah, exactly. You know. So they need Maya Moore to get healthy. Yes. Come on, Maya. Come on, Maya. Um, all right. Uh, hey, it's also on the topic of women's basketball. Pat Summit died today. Yeah. And she was the best, like, women's basketball coach ever. I mean, maybe Gino Oriema, and that leads into a whole other topic of conversation because those two hated the shit out of each other. Yeah, no way. And that was really? the most. Have, have you ever watched those two coach against each other? Just, no. The, the stares between those two was as entertaining as the product on the court. They hated the shit out of each other, and she was terrifying. When the mourners walk out of Pat Summit's funeral, yep. they'll see Gino Ariama leaning against a sports car, smoking a cigar. <laughs> yep. Hey, guys. Stroke me. Stroke me. <laughs> that's only, like, leaning against a car, that's smoking the only, a That's the only that song that you all... I mean, there might be a Bachman Turner Overdrive song, but Probably. that's... Gino Ariama does look like the kind of guy who would play that song mm-hmm. out of a convertible. He does, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So speaking not... of people who hated other people, um, Buddy Ryan died today, too. Yeah. He hated all the he people. He hated everybody. He got in a fight on, was it Kevin Kilbride that he punched? I think it was like, Kevin Kilbride. the old Houston but... Oilers, I think. So, yeah. It's... There's, you, you don't see enough coordinators punching each other. You really don't. I would, I would pay money to see coordinators fight each other on the sidelines because they'll be yep. just a lot more fun. But anyway, that's... Uh, so two big like coaching names died today. So yeah. that was my uh, lightning round contribution. Uh, a lot of deaths in 2016, right? 2016 like has been more shit than as far as deaths why. go. Because people, because we're all getting older. Yeah, Prince, that's it. Prince, Buddy Ryan, and Pat Summit. Print, uh, really, the big three. David a lot Bowie. of people call them the bad, big three. Merle Haggard, probably Just others. All sorts of people. Alice or I'm not. And, um, Vera from Alice died too. That's a shame. I just wanted to point yeah. that one out. Beth Howland. The only other lightning round thing I had, John, you on the agenda, I think this must have been a mistake. Did you want to talk curling? No, Stu wanted to talk curling. I just wanted his thoughts because there was a big controversy in Broom the world Gate of curling. Broomgate is over. Broomgate? The end of Broomgate. Yeah, All remember, right. remember right. like the weird Back America's beep, Cup thing when like beep, the yachts changed? Beep. Yeah. like There was a broom change in the Copa of, of curling. What, like the size of the brooms? Yeah. Right? No, somebody invented the a amount magic of broom. The, 
So, you know, straw normally numbers? a curling broom is just straw a broom count? with some bristles. Yeah. Somebody invented one that basically meant you could do whatever you want with your shot. So, normally in curling, why it's called curling is you curl the stone sure. one way or the other, and you curl it maybe counterclockwise, and then it bends to the left. Uh-huh. Well, these brooms made it so you could pretty much take this broom and make it go the other way. It was like the spitball mm-hmm. of okay. curling. Yep. So it was basically like cheating. Change the entire fabric of the game, essentially. Exactly. With a fabric on the broom, which is why really? that's such a good reference. A pun intended. Pun intended. And so Stu has been following this Broomgate controversy very closely. Yes. And sent me an update the other day that the world... Curling Council? World Broom Council? Sure. I, I don't remember the name. Got together and, deci- and decided they were going to standardize. From now on, all official tournaments will use one type of broom, and there won't be any changing, and these magic brooms won't be allowed. And in, in an example of a governing body acting decisively, just as baseball should to speed up the games, they recommended that it be adopted immediately. No more of this. They're not going to wait for it to be ratified. It's just going to stop the magic broom. And I think we can all get back to curling, which is what we really want. I love curling. Stu, how much of that did I screw up? I think you got it right. Do you have a Google alert set up for Broomgate? Uh, whenever I see, uh, whenever I see curling come up on Twitter, it's like, oh, John's got to see that. Yeah, thanks. You I actually follow it. it so I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's a public service that I provide. That's got to be super important to the integrity of curling, yeah, which we exactly. talk about all the time on this podcast. Yeah, it's basically true. a weekly event. Does curling have a COPA? I assume. Okay, is it this year or next year? It's the Olympics. So, oh, so the Olympics are the Copa. Well, I assume they have world championships, too. Well, that's why I'm... I sort of... Yeah, we'll call it you. the Copa America of curling. Okay. So there's a Copa this yep. like winter, I assume. I assume. And Schuster will fuck it up again, or... <laughs> Poor John Schuster. I've, <laughs> Just I, a I, I had multiple people tweet at me to bring up that John Schuster... Stu apparently is. Well, I'm, well, I'm not mad at him. Um, I know Newbie, for one, friend of the program Newbie, uh, brought up that uh, that I, Schuster absolutely <laughs> screwed the Americans over in the I Olympics. I feel bad for him because he's just a random guy for Duluth who's awesome at curling and got to go to the Olympics, which is an amazing well, achievement. Well, he was good at curling. Why did he fuck us up? And if you then, don't want to get shit, don't go to the Olympics. Yeah. Don't represent our country, Schuster. Now I remember it as one of Minnesota's biggest chokers, the poor guy. It's hard to curl well, with just, two hands that's around a, your neck. That is an August list of chokers, yeah. by the way. The, the problem is, Schuster seems like the kind of guy who would listen and listen to this podcast and maybe enjoy it. <laughs> right. and I'm just worried like, oh, that right now, John Schuster's like, damn it! And I again, thought this, this was the listeners, one. not us. Listeners, not us, who think Schuster's bad. Yeah, we like I think Schuster. Schuster's cool. And let's let's not have kid gloves with the curling team. Like, <laughs> well, we're gonna be upset with other teams who do it. You want you represent. America. Yeah. Well, can gotta, we, we did call out the Lynx already, and they're the best team in the, the state. Lynx. So, yeah. fuck sorry, John Schuster. Fuck the curling team. Mm-hmm. You have an open invitation to come on this podcast whenever you want. Oh, the softball God. team is staring at us. We would. <laughs> they've love got a couple beers in them, and they're staring they're at us. Right. I think we should get out of here. Oh, they've, got, no. they've got like bike chains. The natives are getting restless <laughs> of, of Rogers. <laughs> the Although there's nobody Rogers. who's actually from Rogers. That's a. It's yeah. all strip. You got it's you guys like drove Maple here. Grove. It's all no one lives in Maple yeah, Grove. It's all strip malls and McDonald's. Well, and it was complete farmland six months ago. Exactly. So yeah, this is not. There's uh, no tree where here we are. Isn't real six feet. So uh, that's the. Uh, is that the end the of the show? Of it. That's all I yep. got. That's the lightning round. It is lightning round. Yeah. This is good. This is it's great. Good. Unless Clarence shows up in the next thirty seconds, I think we're done. I love seeing you guys in three D.
Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, it was great to do it live again. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we love you, and we miss you, and we can't wait to see you again. And fuck you, Jim Suhan. Yeah, again. Again, we mean that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.